This week, The Discerning Gamer is sponsored by... Affordable Housing. Welcome to The Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, in the year 2330, humanity has ventured beyond our solar system, settling new planets and living as a spacefaring people. Joining Constellation, the last group of space explorers seeking rare artifacts throughout the galaxy, this is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel J.B. Fury Beauchene, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC Gamer, the Sultan of Steam, really regretting his pledge to not buy any new games in what is turning out to be one of the biggest years on record for games. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Oh, what a nude move. JB, how are you, mate? It's good uh, to see you. I'm, I'm really good, mate. Really good. Glad to be back uh, with all of uh, the DG crew. Also with us, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage, very annoyed at the massive increase in the cost of PlayStation Plus across the board. It's none other than Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Yes, thank you, JB. I didn't want to get on the show and instantly be upset, but I'm fucking angry. <laughs> uh, first PlayStation come out with that bullshit with that stupid fucking screen with the <laughs> dumb controls attached to it that we'll talk about in a minute. But then this bullshit. Um, not happy, but really good to be back on the saddle. I'm a seasoned horse rider on this show. I love riding the fuck out of the discerning gamer. Well, uh, thank you very much. We love you too. Uh, also, style. Finally, with us, the Nintendo Queen, uh, Pistol Pisty Pete, uh, and I didn't have the gunshot queued up, but here it is. <laughs> Uh, the Pissed, if you're looking for in-depth analysis and insight uh, on the latest uh, new Pikmin 4 title for Nintendo Switch, her review is simply, Pikmin is good. Uh, it's none other than Casey C-Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C-Mac. Thanks, Joel. I stand by my review. Yes. Five stars. Yeah, very, uh, very <laughs> thorough there, and uh, yes. But how uh, many discerning gamers out of ten? Oh, ten. It's Fuck good. Yeah, well done. Well, that's a good one. That's a good review. <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Pikmin oh, Four. You've uh, achieved top marks here at the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Uh, well. Uh, kicking things off this week, uh, I mean, it's it's probably uh, a little bit in the rearview mirror, but uh, Games Fest. What what did we Games all Fest? think? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, Joel. It's what? been that long, Joel. Well, forgotten the name Games of Fest? it. It's a, it's a long time ago now. That was back in June. Uh, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, it was. Wait, let me tell you about it, JB. Let me let me tell you something. Um, 
about uh, Games Fest. Yeah, okay. um, tell us about Games Fest. <laughs> it's a different time of year to Gamescom that happened not long ago. That's that's the one Stop. that uh, that's the one <laughs> I was uh, talking he about. Does this shit to me all the time. Gamescom, <laughs> Gamescom. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yes, thank They're you. Just correcting. Vader. No, that's alright. <laughs> be an asshole. No, that's alright. So, Gamescom right. then. Uh, what did what did we all think of Gamescom? First impressions off the bat. Oh, better than Games Fest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Much wow. better. Lots more games shown. Very exciting. It was a good time. Um, yeah. A lot of lot of interesting shit shown, and I found as well that it was just like days upon days of stuff happening which which felt it was only what was it three days but it felt mm. like a lot more it just felt very busy for those three days something new every day to get excited about and it was very exciting very good um and look lots of stuff has happened in between then um lots of stuff in between gamescom bloody coming out and and everything else happening that's happened over the last mm, seven billion months that we haven't been doing this thing um but no yeah it's uh i don't know what everybody else wow, think about really rambling <clears throat> yeah well because... I, I watched the opening night i didn't really i'll be honest i didn't watch too much of the rest of the weekend but i did watch the opening night with jeff Keeley and there's something about this dude i don't know what it is there's i'm one of those guys if you know me it takes me a lot to rile me up but there's something that just triggers me about jeff Keeley. I don't know what it is. This dude, yeah. he's got the most punchable face in the world. He's like, he's <laughs> and like nothing against him, but he's there's something about him that just annoys me a bit. So I'm anyway, mm. Jeff Jeff nice. Keeley and his punchable face. I actually sat through most of the opening night, and he said from the get go that they weren't going to show anything new. So we've got a lot of um, a lot of the games that we've sort of been seeing over the last six to twelve months. But you know, some of the highlights this nighting night. Nightingale um, game that's coming out looks super cool. It's been on my radar for a little while, but this is this open world survival PVE go it alone or play with friends sort of crafting survival game, which has a really cool aesthetic. That looks awesome. Under the Waves is another one which I know. I mean JB as well, big Subnautica fans. So this this one looks super cool as well. It looks a bit more of a darker, maybe a bit more of a horror underwater sort of thriller type game that looks really cool um we saw a fair chunk of phantom liberty which is the um the dlc for cyberpunk 2077 and that looks awesome to the point where it sort of nearly makes me want to go back and finish the first game Mm. which um may may be saying something itself what else alan wake 2 looks unbelievable the first game was incredible really enjoyed it and i love that sort of self narration sort of thing that they have in that game which is just awesome um and then what I've been keeping busy for for the last, don't know how long it's been, six weeks since we've done a show, I've been playing Diablo 4 flat out. Flat out. Mm. So we got to see basically the preview of the new season, which is coming, I think, towards the end of October, um, which is a vampire theme. It's called Season of, of the Blood, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and that looks pretty cool. So, yeah. Other highlights? Season of the Blood. Hey. I don't know if you guys watched it, but what did you think? Did you see the guy that ran up on stage? Probably in the first 15 minutes, I think it was. Jeff Keighley was, he's been super annoying. He was just talking about Starfield and he was banging on about, oh, I'm one of the lucky ones. I've been playing this game already and, you know, 
I'm so great. I got a code. And then some dude ran on the stage and was like, give us GTA 6. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Did you guys see that? I I don't watch any of that stuff. (laughs) I just watch the fucking, all of the um, the announcements and things. I don't watch any of the actual, because it does my head in. He does my head in too. Yeah. You know, he's like that. He's like the kid in school who, who has more money than anybody else. Yeah, that's it. And therefore thinks that he can just fucking, you know, he's just always got a smirk on his face that is like, yeah, my parents have a really good jobs. And yeah, I was just, I never saw them growing up, but I have everything. And I now have a car and I'm 16 Mm. that is a Porsche. Mm. And, you know, like he just has that fucking face on him and I hate it. I don't like his face. I thought the time of the interruption was quite funny because, yeah. He was sort of going off about how, yeah, I'm playing Starfield already and, well, you guys aren't playing it yet, but I'm playing it already. And then old mate just waltzed up on the stage and basically (laughs) grabbed the mic and was like, give us GTA 6. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're all all thinking it. He stormed the stage and said it. So um, kudos to him. But, I mean, overall it was a decent show. Um, I think probably for me anyway at this point in the year i'm sort of thinking there's so many games that are out already that i really want to play or and am already playing that i don't really care about anything that's coming out in the next six months so Mm. you know there's probably nothing that i saw that's you know gonna have me you know grabbing to the wallet when it comes out so between playing diablo and obviously starfield's coming out very very soon and um, Baldur's Gate 3 is another game I think we're going to talk about in a second, which I'm really hanging out to play for at some point. It's just a chocker's schedule of games out at the moment that, you know, thinking six months in the time, I think I'll still be going on what I've got. With um, just on the, the Games Fest thing, uh, <laughs> given your... your uh, you do it again. Your yeah. like for <laughs> Elden Ring. Mm. Um, sorry, Gamescom. Games. Shut up, Simon. It's a Jetstar Radio, mate. <laughs> what are you James? Jetstar Radio. Games, it is. Games Fest. So given, given uh, how you feel about Elden Ring, and I know mm. you're a pretty big fan of the series, uh, I'm surprised uh, you didn't sort of mention Black Myth Wukong, uh, which was uh, a game that they showed a bit of footage of, and it's, uh, it's been rendered in Unreal Engine 5, so it's uh, it looks pretty pretty mm. amazing. And they showed some footage of four separate boss battles, and mm. really, um, they they described it as a Souls-like, um, you know, sort of title. And certainly, like the way that the battles unfolded looked very Elden Ring-like. Did you did you get? I to- did see that one, and it's interesting because there's quite a few coming out. I think the other one is Lies of P, if I'm not mistaken. I think is another game, and that's another Souls-like yeah, the- game. Both of those games look incredible. Mm. Um, yeah, they look incredible. Again, I've got Diablo 4. I'm suitably hooked on. Starfield's out in the next... Three days. Three days, two, mm. three days. And then Baldur's Gate, I really want to... I think that was one of the things we talked about last episode. I was like, yeah, this is a game that I'm super hanging out to play as well. So yeah. it's just chock-a-block. And uh, do we have any love at all for the uh, sequel to uh, Stalker Shadows of Chernobyl... Uh, Stalker 2, uh, a game that's come out of uh, the Ukraine, mm. and uh, they showed a bit of footage of that uh, in the in the highlight reel. And um, I must admit, there was uh, one one scene where 
the uh, the main character gets attacked by like a like a rabid dog, mm-hmm. and he he sort of kicks it off and kicks it into this floating bubble, and the dog just sort of gibs and just explodes <laughs> into uh, you know sort of uh, guts and blood, which uh, I thought was quite amusing. Right up your alley, JB. Yeah, don't know if uh, I'm alone there. I'm gathering that uh, the lack of response from. Uh, yeah, I don't know about well, C Mac and Steely. I don't know about Stalker 2. Yeah, I didn't no, play the I've first nev- one. Yeah, okay. <clears> never well. heard of the first one, which is, means they're a pretty bad stalker. I feel like I would have at least gotten a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Steely. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 looked, it looked all right, but it looked like a fairly generic first-person shooter. I, I don't know. Like, um, I'll... I, th- I think the jury's out on that one. I'll, mm. I'll wait and see how it sort of fares once uh, once all the reviews start rolling in on that one. But uh. yeah, what about um, what about Sonic Steely? I know they announced. I, I thought it was going to be DLC, yeah. but it's just a free add-on to Sonic Frontiers. Looked yeah, right. so I think um, if uh, in the times that I've been talking about Sonic and you guys haven't been paying attention over the last um, 24, 48 months, I don't know how long we've been doing the show anymore. <laughs> 60, 68 months. Um, so they, it's a part of this uh, plan of them to roll out three sets of free updates for Sonic Frontiers, um, which was all going to happen all this year. And it, we've already gotten update one and two. The second one happened around Games Fest in the middle of the year, Sonic's birthday, which is very close to my birthday. And the third one being the big story update where we're going to be able to play as Knuckles and Tails and Amy and... Um, there's a huge big story update and it uh, look the trailer even though it's just a cinematic trailer I just was very excited the the big Titan thing that was uh, they came and they stood up against then Sonic going into like you know cyber Sonic whatever he did it was it was really really cool it just it looks like it's going to be a good way for them to kind of cap off a somewhat lackluster end to Sonic Frontiers I think the end of that story was a little bit shite so it'll be really good if they can kind of you know build upon that a little bit and obviously giving people what they want some more playable characters and some some more meat on that um on that, that bone, bone. Mm. if jb was playing playing that game he would be saying that so um but obviously Jesus. yeah very <laughs> exciting i really loved that there was a lot of really cool announcements <clears throat> i was really excited by part of me I really loved a um this game announcement called "Thank Goodness You're Here." This th- did anybody see that? It looked it was the funniest <laughs> fucking trailer I've seen in my life. Oh, um, I can't say I did. Thank so. goodness you're here. Yeah, it's it's like start. It opened with Matt Berry in it, which is just fantastic, and then it ended with what sounded like Billy Connolly. Um, mm. extremely funny looking game. It's just like it. It looks to be like sort of like a a puzzle adventure just with lots of ridiculous humor. Some mm. of it a little bit crude, some of it pretty not crude and, and just lighthearted, but it looks awesome. Mm. Um, and even I, I saw this game called Project Mugen. I don't know if you've seen that as well. Um, kind of looks like an anime version of Spider Man, um, but like it's free to play, so it might be shit house, but mm. who knows? Uh, it looked awesome very, though. Like, yeah. 
uh, cuties hacked uh, vibe from from that one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah don't there, know. There uh, was not much skin being shown, strangely. Um, kind of just like cuties hacked if you're a bad player. But uh, no, um, so yeah, there was a lot of good stuff shown. A lot of good stuff shown. Mm. Well, uh, I mean, we need to uh, address the uh, the rather large elephant in the room, uh, and that elephant is, of course, Starfield. So we're only days away now from Starfield's official launch on the 6th of September here in Australia. I'm not sure. Is that date consistent around the world? Do you know, Ferg? I think it's, I think it's earlier in other parts, I yeah. think. Well, uh, how does that work? We're in the future. Yeah. Um, the I don't know. sixth, yeah. Check sixth your local of, guards. Yeah, check, check. You know, uh, subject to change of that notice. Sixth uh, <laughs> of September is the date that I'm getting on Steam here in Australia. Um, of course, if you had uh, bought the the premium deluxe uh, super duper package, um, you'd be playing it already. In which case, uh, good luck to you. Um, but um, yeah, I mean. Um, I've I've done a bit of a scratch around at how uh, how Starfield is hitting on Metacritic, and it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, not all positive, but not not very many negative either. So um, um, fairly diverse range of views. Um, so I'll g- give you an example. So uh, Gameblog.fr said Starfield is a true system seller. More than a game, it's an epic poem, an extremely rich and generous adventure that surprises you every time and when you least expect it. It is by far the most ambitious Bethesda game and one of the boldest games of the last few years. For sure, Starfield will go down in the history of video games. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Extremely glowing <laughs> review from <laughs> uh, as good as it gets. from them, and of course they gave a uh, hundred. Um, but uh, just to to contrast that, gamer dot said uh, perhaps Bethesda will manage to make the Starfield experience better in the future through various updates and expansions. But all in all, it seems like Starfield would have done much better as a universe with a sea of depth and seamless spread over. 10 planets rather than what we got spread over a thousand so i think uh some of the things that we were saying prior to starfield's release in that you know i hope that we don't get you know, 990 planets that are all just you know procedurally generated shite and mm. then you know 10 planets that actually have something reasonable to sort of uh, do on them seems to be probably where we've landed um but uh i'll i'll reserve my full judgment until i've actually had a, a chance to dive in myself but um yeah what uh what were your thoughts on that uh, ferg um yeah i've been following it reasonably closely and i think i think the general consensus is it's very good i think it's sitting at a 88 on metacritic on pc at least so that would suggest it's a great game but you know, you've gone from, like you just sort of mentioned in some of those reviews you mentioned, there's plenty of people giving it 10 and there's plenty of people also giving it 7 and it sort of sits in the in the middle. Um, <clears throat> but it's interesting. I've listened to a few podcasts where people are sort of talking about what they love and what they don't love. And it's interesting to note that the people that are giving it 10 aren't necessarily disagreeing with the people that are giving it at 7. But I think the people that are, you know, 
calling this an unbelievable game aren't getting as caught up on some of the gripes that the people who are giving it a lower score are. Um, so, you know, just a few of the criticisms which have been floating around. Uh, bit of a slow start, which is sort of unusual for Bethesda when you look at games like Skyrim and Fallout 4, how they just have unbelievably iconic starts. A lot of people saying, you know, it didn't really get me hooked or get going until about 10 hours. Um, a lot of, you know, historical Bethesda things like in the inventory systems getting smashed. Um, if you ever played a Bethesda game and, you know, Fallout and Elder Scroll games, you're over encumbered 90% of it the whole time, it seems. You're forever trying to, you know, empty your pockets and stuff like that. So these are all things which are, you know, common in Bethesda games that still carry over. Um, some other smaller things which, you know, loading screens everywhere where a few people getting gripes on, go on, a, go on a ship, loading screen. Not that they took forever to load, but, you know, a lot of people are thinking, you know, in 2023, some of this stuff should be not in a game, and so they're docking points for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the visually, a bit hit and miss. I think a lot of people are saying there's just things that are hitting and missing. So the hits are really, really good, and the misses aren't so good. So that could be everything from, you know, side quests. Some are uninspiring, some are unbelievable. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think what makes this game great, and again, I'll reserve my own judgment, but just regurgitating what I've heard and read so far is people are, you know, the things that made Skyrim great and, you know, typically Bethesda games great are all apparent in Starfield. Um, and yeah, I think the people that are really, really digging it are people that are probably long-term Bethesda fans and or they can look past some of these smaller gripes that a lot of people are getting caught up on, whether they're, you know, valid or not. So yeah, look, two days until we can get our teeth stuck in and everything that i've read there's nothing in here which is sort of flagging as a red flag to me as someone who absolutely loves the bethesda games any of that stuff and that sort of con list i've already read is not something that's gonna take away from the experience i wouldn't have thought because mm. i've seen it all before and i don't think it's uh, gonna outweigh any of the pros so yeah can't wait to get started what are your thoughts uh, steely are you you're thinking that starfield's shaping up uh Slightly better than something like Redfall, or uh, are you thinking we're uh, we're heading for another bargain bin special? Look, I've done a little quick sweep on the internet at Metacritic reviews, and look, everything seems to be generally favourable. It's sitting at about an eighty-eight at the moment, which you know you can't can't really get too upset about that. Is it a game that I'm ever going to play? No, flat out, like I'm never going to play this game. Um, it's just it's nothing against the game itself. I just don't know if, like I've mentioned heaps of times before, I feel like it requires a lot of time. Seeing that ship builder mechanic just looks like an absolute bucket of nails. It's like if I stick my hand in there, you know, I might get the nail that I need, but I might also get a handful of nails at the same time. <laughs> it's a bad analogy, but it just doesn't look enticing to me. It looks very confusing and like... a like, it's got to be a full-time job I'm not going to get paid for to play the game. So um, it's not something I'm interested in. But having said that, <clears throat> for a Bethesda game, yeah, it looks, looks like a Bethesda game. It looks big. It looks ambitious. Um, I found it a little bit of a, a backhanded kind of comment that somebody made at Bethesda this week saying that, you know, they embrace the chaos and that they wanted to create freedom and that's why their games have bugs in them. It's like... That's a very lazy way of saying oh, really? we just can't be fucked ironing everything out. And, you know, and a lot of people hype up saying, oh, you know, 
um part of the things that i love about bethesda games are all the bugs you know i i love the chaos too and it's like well no that it's like a chef serving up something that looks like dog vomit and calling it (laughs) rustic you know yeah it's like me coming up with you and saying hey i made you scrambled eggs but i put a little bit of shit in it and you know yeah it's just like it, I, I don't understand how that is a, an appropriate thing to come out and say in this day and age but i guess it is because so many people make half-baked games now and put them out into the world but not saying that this is the case for starfield i just i don't like the attitude of the developer like and the last hope like, much like the last hope. We really. We can't. Surely we can't. Con- yeah, compare Starfield no. to the Last Hope. I mean, fuck me. Oh, well, they're both ripoffs of games. So Starfield <laughs> is just a ripoff of No Man's Sky, and No Man's Sky is just a ripoff of um, <laughs> something <laughs> else. Anyway. Emotional damage. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, um, can yeah, I can anyway. I ask a serious question? Had this game. Uh, not been an Xbox exclusive and been available on the PS5, would you have considered uh, buying it to to have a have a have a look? No, because no, again, it's one of those games that um, I think for me, for the kind of games that I like, it's far too involved for me to want to get into. Um, right. I feel like I, I'd, I'd probably have a great time with this game had I never met Casey and I was 160 kilos and living by myself <laughs> in Glenelg still. Um, but <laughs> because I'd have the time to play again. You know, in between me looking for love, which is hard to do when you're 160 kilos. But having said that, now that I have three children and a life, I need to play games that are going to, I'm going to get more gratifying experiences from without all of the, hey, what what fucking master's degree do I need to play this? You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I don't know. No, even yeah. if it was on PlayStation, it's still, an, it's still a hard no from me to ever pick it up and play it. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Steely. Um, watch this space because Ferg and I are going to jump in on uh, Starfield and we'll be more than happy to share our thoughts. Share our thoughts. Uh, once we've uh, managed to uh, sink the proverbial teeth into the meat on that bone. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to throw over to Steely for some news headlines. Headlines for the week. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Well, we've already talked about this a little bit. Gamescom has obviously happened over the week, and there's been another load of game announcements and updates. Um, almost out doing Summer Games Fest that JB <laughs> thinks they're both the same. So anyway, um, but we also got an announcement from Sony about Project Q being called PlayStation Portal. So Jim Ryan actually released a statement about the name of PlayStation Portal saying, we came up with the name by creating a product only three quarters as good as the PlayStation Portable. So we just called it Portal because it's three quarters of the amount of the word portable for those of you playing at home anyway um charles martinet charles martinet has decided to hang up the hat and move into a new role as mario ambassador at nintendo having created the voice for mario and since voiced him for almost 30 years martinet is excited to start his new journey as ambassador anticipation for mario's next voice 
is heating up ahead mm. of Mario Wonder's release this year. For those that watched the Mario Wonder Direct, it just isn't the same to have somebody else inside of Mario making him come out with those sounds. Well, I can tell you I can tell you who'd be at the top of my list, Simo. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. <laughs> I love that. Fucking hell. I mean, wow. I uh, mean my question is, Steely, what, what do they do here? They they just find someone to impersonate Charles Martin as Mario? Yeah, they, or do, a, they, they do a Looney Tunes, Sesame Street. Um, it's a sound-alikes thing. Yeah, ha- okay. It has to be. So they're not no, going to slightly change it, you don't reckon? You don't reckon they're going to get nah, someone in? They're going to just try to... Yeah. As close as possible. Um, even though it's going to sound, it's going to be kind of like what we're getting with Rick and Morty later on this year with soundalikes as Rick and as Morty. Um, I think it's going to be exactly that. You know, mm. I think it's too, too late in the piece to go changing the voice of Mario mm. um, now. He's he, <clears throat> unless he's in a different medium in a in a film or a TV show, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't expect a um, huge overhaul. But you know, a Chris Pat Pratt kind of spin on things, sort of is. You know, it's not Charles Martin, eh? But you, you know, you know, it's Mario. Chris Pratt will, yeah. will no doubt voice Mario in a sequel Mario film, mm. but oh, he's yeah. too big of a star to voice Mario in yeah, every yeah. future no, suite of video games. Yeah, it'd be interesting. To um, Larry Ann Studios, everyone. Recent success with Baldur's Gate 3 has already mm. sparked discussions at the studio of potential DLC. Larry Ann has mentioned their first priority is to obviously release console versions of Baldur's Gate 3, um, uh, which is, you know, a game of the year contender at this point. Mm. But they also gave us a taste of what to expect from the DLC with this statement. Well, currently you can fuck a bear. So we are thinking goats, horses, and pigs for our next update. And of course, bug fixes. Um, wow. So, Sweet Jesus. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk released on Nintendo Switch and Steam this week and has been met with, uh, well, mixed reception. User scores are all around quite positive, ex- especially over on Steam. However, oh, critics you. are shit canning the game for its story and for being too much like Jet Set Radio. Well, I don't know about you, but my dick just stood up because I am getting, um, you know, for the sheer fact that this game is going to be just like Jet Set Radio, I'm getting this game. Um, I just can't wait to pick it up um, on PS5 when it launches for all other consoles in September. Still no word on when Ferg's highly anticipated Jet Set Radio, Jet Star Radio is coming out, but he promised it will be a cheaper option. Um, <laughs> That's it. It's the budget Jeez. version. Wow. Yeah, it's the budget version. Um, and look, last but not least, we've we've already talked about it. Starfield is out in space with uh, critics um, and has been universally well-received, sitting generally favourable among critics with a Metascore of 88, like I mentioned before. Um, look, we haven't played the game, but I hear you can bleach Uranus, which is great. So um, that's your headline Bring for the week. Lick it before you slip it. Lick it. Uh, you slip it. Thank you, Steely. It's my pleasure. Nice one. And, uh, you know, just on that, Baldur's Gate 3 is getting absolutely rave reviews out there. Like, I'm hearing people saying it is a 
not not only a contender for game of the year but the contender for game of the year um and it's a pretty tight race because uh, as we all know tears of the kingdom was released earlier this year to rave reviews and critical acclaim and at the moment uh on metacritic uh, Baldur's Gate 3 and Tears of the Kingdom are tied on 96 out of 100. So oh, wow. it'll be, uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's the whole thing where uh, some of the uh, Nintendo fans uh, are definitely going to be, um, you know, pumping the, the tyres of this game uh, a bit more. So we have uh, what... Uh, what people refer to as the Nintendo effect, and and that will certainly help uh, boost it up a bit. Um, but then Baldur's Gate does have the the adult appeal uh, of you know not being a sort of Nintendo title and having that stigma of being a a game that's aimed at children and and that sort of thing like. Uh, I know Steely was joking about you know being able to root a bear and and, and the uh, the sort of uh, uh, bestiality sort of uh, claims that have uh, made it so popular on Steam, um, but uh, I don't know is 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 the nudity and the sex and and all of that side of things likely to make Baldur's Gate three a more palatable choice for the gaming public? Do we think? Uh, I mean, it's it's really hard. It, it's no different to last year. <clears throat> two unbelievable games, but two vastly different games. So it's really hard to sort of compare the two. I, and I don't know how you do. Last year we had Elden Ring and, and God of War. Now, Elden Ring won Game of the Year, but for as many people that you came across that loved it, you'd find as many people that you hated it. Um, I, I think Baldur's Gate would be the same. Like, if you're someone who doesn't like turn-based combat click-and-point games... And you're probably going to hate it. Um, similarly, if you're not into, you know, Zelda or Nintendo at all, you're probably not going to like that game. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game. So it's really hard. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's absolutely smashing it at the moment. Um, I saw an article today. It was saying they were looking at all the PlayStation games that have been released on Steam um, since they've started porting them. So Spider-Man, God of War, The First Horizon. I think they took all the peak concurrent users at them together and Baldur's Gate was still smashing it. So there's a lot of people playing this game and there's a lot of hype around it. And yeah, it's getting some unbelievable games, um, unbelievable, sorry, reviews. And yeah, like you mentioned, it's sitting at a 96 on Metacritic, which is the same as, um, yeah, Zelda. So I don't know how you pick, split the difference, you know, because they're two very polarizing games in different ways and... Mm. But I, I cannot wait to play this game. This is a game that once I get through Diablo and Starfield, hopefully it'll be into next year and it might be on the odd sale and I'll pick it up at a decent price. And But yeah, I'm hanging out. It just looks like a fantastic game and something that's really right up my alley. So uh, I've heard it described as uh, a Dungeons & Dragons type game or, or themed game that really um, has a much broader appeal and it's bringing in people who aren't typically D&D players or D&D fans and uh, sort of uh, bringing in sort of quite a, a new sort of audience. Is this something that, that you could see yourself having uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a go at, 
Steely? Is this one that, that would be brought into the McLaughlin household on the, the PS5 when it releases uh, in a few days? I tell you what, I just I just mentioned with Starfield um, how how it doesn't appeal to me because it looks difficult to get you know my head around. This game also looks difficult to get my head around, but for some weird reason, it's piqued my interest. And it's not the bear fucking or anything to do with that. It's just something about. But it's uh, it's not the... not the bear fucking though, is it? <laughs> it's it's one of those things. It's like watching a car crash, isn't it? You want to see it but you also don't need to see it. No. It, was, it was kind of like when Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was out and there was uh, there was this huge controversy over what was known as the hot coffee mod where mm. uh, you could get invited into the the you know sort of apartment where your girlfriend lived and you could you know get into a, like a simulated intercourse uh, mini game with her where you had to sort of have sex at the appropriate speed so not too slow that you went you know limp but not so fast that you sort of immediately came so it was sort of like uh, and and look in all honesty i hadn't heard of it until they made such a huge fuss about it on the news and then i just had to see it for myself to know what you know what the fuss was about and it was the most pathetic uh, thing going around like it was just it was just stupid Got the game banned in Australia, uh, the hot coffee mod. Yeah, I don't remember that in uh, when I played Vice City. Must have been a yeah. This wasn't Vice City. This was oh, uh, sorry. San Andreas. I'm mistaken. But, uh, I don't remember it in San Andreas. I knew that it was a thing, and I knew that it got pulled from the shelves at some point because I remember going to Country Target <laughs> and wondering where it was. <laughs> Even though I already owned a copy, just wondering what had happened to it, and uh, the lovely uh, ladies behind the counter saying that that Grand Theft Auto has been pulled from the shelves. The shelf. The shelf. <laughs> um, it, it had been banned, yet I could still own my copy, obviously. But I mean, I, I just I find it baffling that you know, obviously that was a different time, but that's something that they ban. You know, a game. Yeah, country for. Target doesn't exist now, so mm. no, Country Target does not exist <laughs> now. It's fucking, you know, a Republic Target. I made a, I made a bad joke. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> just shut my fucking mouth really at the end of the day shut my mouth and put it in my dick shut up <laughs> okay. um, wow. what about what about you C-Mac uh, any interest yeah. there I mean so obviously uh, no you're a big fan of uh, Breath of the Wild um, and ultimately Tears of the Kingdom um, both uh, amazing titles uh, I think both around the 95, 96 mark on Metacritic. Uh, well, I know that Tears of the Kingdom was definitely 96. Does your experience with that game make you want to branch out and try something new with Baldur's Gate 3? Can I be really honest? Well, I, yes. I haven't uh, even, I've never, I haven't seen any footage of this game. I haven't even looked at the trailer. <laughs> gosh. Okay. Hey, I've been really busy. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's fair enough. But all right, so but no, based, I, based I just on the uh, the hype yeah, train that of, we've based been, based uh, the, yeah, 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 hype train, hype train, um, yeah, sure. Because it, uh, I think it launches on the PS5 on the seventh of September here in Australia. 
and um, so it's not not long to wait. So if you're not uh, if you're not hanging out for Starfield, this is probably the next triple A release well, yeah, that, that we'd be saying. Yeah, this is right. Like we we've almost finished Pikmin Four, and we don't really have anything to play after that. Mm. So why not? You say that, but and then you know I've got fucking Sonic Superstars. I'm not out playing soon. that. It's it's four up to four players catch up. Your little that. <laughs> and then mm. there's. Bloody Super Mario Wonder coming out just That's after that. That's in October. I'm saying between now and October when Super Mario comes out. Time flies by when you're having rum. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'll definitely... Um, no, I'm going to watch the trailer for no, it so I don't feel so stupid no, next, next time. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's also... October's going to be a busy month. You've got Mortal Kombat in there. Yes. Um, no, that's in September. Oh, is it September this yeah. month? Wow. Pretty sure it's September 21st, I'm pretty sure. Oh, God, yeah, I think okay. I, I wow. saw today. Yeah. Don't it's not far this. away. Hmm. Are we yeah. thinking of having that a look at Mortal Kombat great. 1? Oh, yeah. Yes. Always. I love it. I just love seeing these fantastic creatures fighting one another. And then at the end, someone does something that just makes me go... Yuck and <laughs> not, not that I can ever do a fatality ever. So, uh, well, um, on the topic of Mortal Kombat One, just just while we're uh, while we're talking about it, I did want to gauge the uh, the level of interest of the DG crew on what were revealed to be the first pack of DLC characters for Mortal Kombat One. So. Um, I'll I'll rattle them off and the see. The game's if... not even out yet, and they're announcing DLC. Characters. They've already wow. announced uh, all six <laughs> characters from Combat Pack One, um, and where they're from. So, the first of all is a character called Takeda. Now, I must admit, I've never heard of Takeda myself, but uh, is that a character that uh, wets the proverbial whistle of uh, any of the other members of the uh, the DG crew? I believe Takeda was um, a Mortal Kombat 4 guy. Yes, have I? Um, like from the 64. I'm pretty sure he was. He's a blind guy with a sword. He's and, uh, um, the son of Kenshi and trained... Well, Kenshi's a- the blind guy with a sword. I yeah, think. that's that's I correct. Know. So uh, but apparently, no, yeah. yeah, the son of Kenshi and trained uh, at a young age by Scorpion uh, to be a warrior. So... Uh, uh, yeah, is that uh, is that doing it for for any of the the DG crew? Are you you you're getting excited? I'm not well, up on. He's not getting me wet. No. no. Okay. Uh, what about number two, Quan Chi? So uh, yes, he's been the primary villain of several plots in the Mortal Kombat series uh, before the latest reboot. Uh, which is why it's an interesting choice for him to be a DLC character in the combat pack rather than included in the base roster. So, um, yeah, what are we thinking? Quan Chi, is that uh, is that doing it for you, Ferg? Yeah. I'm, I'm desperately trying to get these characters up so I can make a, an assessment. <laughs> well, okay. he's bald. That's all you need to know. All well, of us bald people have to stick together, Ferg. Yeah. Uh, all right, so after Quan Chi, we've got Ermac. Uh, so um, he was uh, sort of an, an amalgam of souls from deceased warriors that was crafted to serve Shao Kahn. Um, 
So, Ermac, uh, an old favourite of yours, uh, Simo? Yeah, well, I always used to call him Red Sub-Zero when I was growing up um, because effectively he was back then. And, um, yeah, right. fuck yeah. If, if they can do something creative with his fatalities and the, the soul shit that he does, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. The soul shit that he does. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a fucking... I'm not a Mortal Kombat virtuoso. I don't know what his powers are. I just know that he's red. Mm. Like my hair used to be before it all fell out. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, well... <laughs> Uh, next, and and this is this is where we deviate slightly from Mortal Kombat themed characters. So the next one is Peacemaker. So um, for those of you who would have seen the new Suicide Squad, and then there was a separate Peacemaker TV show. He's a DC uh, anti-hero, sort of uh, similar to like your Deadpool uh, sort of thing. He's got a weird helmet that uh, seems to make people explode and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, very, very funny show. Um, he's also got an, an eagle that uh, flies around with him and attacking his enemies called Eagly. So it's it's unconfirmed <laughs> yet whether Eagly will be uh, will be in Mortal Kombat, but um, I'd be surprised if he if he wasn't. Um, so what are we thinking, Peacemaker? Yeah, happy. Yeah, he looks pretty cool. Is he going to be voiced by John Cena? Don't know. What? Um, that hasn't been confirmed, but I'd say highly unlikely um, at this stage. Well, John Claude Van Damme is fucking Johnny Cage in this game, so really, JVCD. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so fucking anything is possible at this well, point. Thanks for that little fucking chestnut. I I didn't know that. Um, now that's what Ed Boone told me. Okay, well then it must be true. Then uh, I know you and you and Ed are pretty pretty tight. Um, oh, we go way back, back into the midway days. For for fans of the uh, TV oh, series man. The Boys, we've got Homelander. Now this one's particularly exciting because uh, I have watched that show, and Homelander is a psychotic, uh, <laughs> very sort of out there character and uh i i think you could not have picked a more perfect uh person for the mortal Kombat franchise he's he's absolutely perfect for that role uh have you watched watch the boys seen any of that no no on uh, no. amazon prime no i see little bits of it on youtube and i go oh i'd probably like that show but i haven't watched it and I think you're about to tell us either maybe one last person that I think is going to be even more perfect in this universe. Yes. Well, the last character is Omni-Man. Um, so uh, a very familiar character to fans of the Invincible comics and animated show. Uh, Nolan Grayson, uh, a.k.a. Omni-Man, is an anti-hero character that matches perfectly with the brutally violent tone of Mortal Kombat 1. Um, and he is set to be voiced by actor J.K. Simmons, uh, who voices him in the uh, in the animated show. So he will be voicing him for MK1. So for fans of Omni-Man, I'm not personally familiar with the character, but um, mm. I do know J.K. Simmons. He's very... Go on a YouTube... JB, and mm. just watch videos of Omni-Man killing members of whoever he kills on the show, 
and you'll see why he's perfect for this game. Okay. The, the kills in that show are fucking wild. <laughs> um, and such an, and it's the only bit of the show that I've seen. And the very iconic um, final scene of uh, the first season. Um, just go and watch it. He just is. He's phenomenal for a start. J.K. Simmons. And um, but also uh, just the the kills are absolutely insane. Um, really right, good, nice. really good to see those in that cartoon. Yeah, Give it nice. a watch. Who's who's the bloke that looks like the um, chief editor at the Daily Bugle? Uh, that would be Omni Man. That's Omni Man, yeah. is it? With yep. his tash. Yep. Nice. And, and, and voiced by J.K. Simmons, who's the the voice <laughs> of the. Uh, the newspaper editor in Spider-Man. So uh, well, there you go. That's yeah. who it looks like. And is that guy? Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> so meta. So That's... what do you reckon, Ferg? You gonna you gonna pick up Mortal Kombat One? Nah, not in the year where I'm uh, trying not to spend any money on games, and I've got Diablo Four, Starfield, and Baldur's Gate to follow. There's there's no time. There's just, I got no time. I'll um I'll jump in when they release the. Uh, the uh, com- what are they called? Combat pack, the combat pack with the like the all Aussie one. We get Russell Coit, maybe some Johnny Farnham, <laughs> some Aussie icons. When they release that pack, I'll um I'll pick up a coffee. Would they ever do oh, that? Do you think? Stuart. Is there Our enough? Stuart. <laughs> Is there enough appeal across the board to uh uh to? It's to- a very niche market. I'm going to chuck that out there. I yeah, think okay. that's probably a small. Problem is that uh, because these are all done by Americans, it'd be uh, you know a giant crocodile jar of ve- ve- Vegemite or mm. yeah, crocodile Dundee or or you know, Steve 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 jar of Vegemite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, what what they, would the... they put fucking bluey into the game? Yeah. That's the only thing that we just the, the wiggles know Australia does. Yeah. <laughs> the wiggles in there just decapitating people. <laughs> It's it's made me think now. What what would a bluey fatality look like? Oh, dance mode death. It's just like you, yeah. It'd be, it'd be like bluey plays horse ride on somebody, and then their fucking knees start to wear away on the on the concrete until their whole body wears away, and then bluey goes, "Oh, that was fun," and then that would just be it. Like that would yeah, be the nice. And fatality. then she pulls back on the ears, and their head comes off, and blood squirts <laughs> out from the neck hole. Fatality. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea of like Murray, the Red Wiggle, just running over someone in the big red car repeatedly. Yeah, just jamming his <laughs> jamming his uh, guitar neck up someone's anus. Burst out the chest. Uh, or just, or you know, it'd be great is just Anthony doing the wiggle fingers, but <laughs> his hands get progressively bigger, and then he just start, starts beating them, and their whole body just fucking keeps exploding, and he's beating them with the wiggle fingers. <laughs> That'd be excellent. Oh, wouldn't yeah. maybe uh, Captain Feathersword just tickles you to death? Maybe uh, Henry the Octopus grabs everyone's <laughs> yeah. like a person's limbs. While uh, Emma does the propeller with her arms, but her <laughs> arms are spinning so quickly, they're like real propellers, and it just chews like chews the player up or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Now, I won't be picking up. I love Kombat. a Russell Coit one. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, he does that. Can you imagine? Thing? He yeah. just like lets the car leaves the handbrake off the car, and it just rolls back into somebody, <laughs> but it runs them over so fiercely that their yeah. body just gets smeared across the pavement. That's it. Excellent. He makes shifts like a a, a seat. 
and then the top of the seat falls off and they sit on it and just decapitates them from the uh, that giant, up. Yeah. giant spike just goes yeah, straight, straight through the anus and out yeah. through the top of the head. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't be oh, picking shit. up Mortal Kombat. Are you going to get it, JB? Uh, look, I'm I'm tempted, but I'm I'm a little bit scarred because I jumped in early on Mortal Kombat 11. Paid a whole heap of money to get you know all the DLC and everything for it. Now you can get the whole thing for free on PlayStation Plus. So it's uh, mm. um, I'm sort of wondering whether or not to to hold off on this one and wait until uh, yeah wait until mm. it comes out. But at the rate that that's going up in price, I probably won't be able to afford PlayStation Plus for much longer. It'll be uh, uh, well and truly out of my price range. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Two hundred was it? Two hundred bucks for the deluxe a year. Yeah, yeah, two hundred dollars Australian. Yeah, I think it was one hundred and ninety-seven uh, bucks. I think. Yeah, up from what one sixty yeah, well, uh, or one sixty? No, it was one fifty. Yeah, it was thirty percent in one year. It was one fifty-four. Now it's one ninety-seven or something for the deluxe that's tier. Insane. Yeah, that's insane. Mm, I think the base went from seventy to ninety-five or something. Mm. And uh, so what what games have, have the DG crew been playing this week? Um, I, uh, I must tell you that uh, I actually decided to dive back into uh, the old Nintendo Switch. I did Ooh. the uh, Nintendo Switch online subscription just for a month and uh, jumped back into uh, an old classic, the... Uh, Zelda A Link to the Past on mm. the Super Nintendo and nice. uh, wow. played back through that uh, that title. Jeez, those games were fun. Yeah, throwback. Oh, loved it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. what so about yourself? You're telling me that you've gone back and you've played A Link to the Past but you won't play Tears of the, of the Fucking Kingdom. <laughs> a well, genre-defining <laughs> fucking masterpiece. Well, are you going to lend me Tears of the Fucking Kingdom, uh, Steely? Well, you haven't asked yet. <laughs> All right. Well, so the answer is yes. Let's make that official. All right. Done. <laughs> done. So nice one. More gold is it's required. Re- <laughs> it's recorded now. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it has. What about you, Ferg? What have you been playing this week? Every spare second I have, I'm sinking into Diablo 4. I'm just, I'm hooked on that game. Something shocking. How much oh, time have you it. put into it? Um, yeah. I think I'm about 125 hours, I think. Um, that's and, 125 hours you won't get back you know no, I've loved every single hour of it um, I think I can't believe that yeah I think the, probably the only <clears throat> issue I've got in the game is that I just don't have enough time to really get into it you know like I think I've got a character level I think I got him level 50 and then season 1 swung around and now I'm level 68 and I think there's only 5 or 6 weeks left of the first season like there is no way in hell that I'm going to get a character within one season to level 100. Like, it's just not going to happen. And you got people that are like, got multiple characters at level 100 that just got... It's one of those games you need heaps of time to play it. But mm. I'm sort of at that nice sweet spot where I'm, I'm playing it enough to sort of enjoy it, but I'm not... I think a lot of the criticisms of this game are coming from people that have, you know, got to level 100 and they're, you know, seen it all by now. But... um I'm not quite there yet, so by the time the next season runs around, I'm yeah, I'm not going to have a level 100 character. So it'd be nice to get one there, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just don't have have enough time to get one in there. So, not true. but that really enjoying that game. Mm. I saw a scary stat somewhere. I think they were saying that once you get to level 90, you're halfway to 100. 
You're halfway oh, to 100. Shit. Yeah. So the last 10 levels take as much as it took to get to level 90. It yes. is a grind fest. What on earth? No, so fuck um, that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty heavy duty game. You can sink some hours into. But anyway, I'm still enjoying it. But I'll um be switching mm. over to Starfield very soon. What about you, C Mac and Steely? Pikmin <laughs> Four. Why are you saying it like that? I don't know. It's good. Pikmin Four. Fuck yeah. It's really good, guys. Guys, seriously, like, fucking. I know that you guys like games that are sh- a little bit shit, like Diablo <laughs> and <laughs> Starfield. But have you ever fucking picked up a Pikmin? Emotional damage. What horrid. Have you ever picked up a Pikmin game? I'm not familiar with the series. I've no. never played it's any of the, the games. fucking tits. <laughs> there is something about Pikmin 4. It is not only probably the best looking game on Nintendo Switch, but it is like this gentle mix between sort of hectic team managing mixed with extremely relaxing. Um, and it just... There's, it's funny. There's some really like funny little bits in it as well, and the core game we finished Pikmin Four, right? But the post game is bigger than the core game. <laughs> it mm. doesn't make any fucking sense, but I love the shit out of it. It is mm. unreal. There's like, there's a lot of fan service in there as well. All these different characters from past games in the series are making their way back into it. And I'm just really um, incredibly impressed with this game. I love the shit out of it. Um, it's just easy to pick up and just, do, you know, to play. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You, but- you play by doing a day, day by day sort of. Yeah. And it's just easy just to do a day. It takes, you know, you can always just do it in about 10 minutes or you could take a bit longer if you want to, yeah. It's the perfect balance between casual game. And hardcore game. Because if you want to be hardcore with it, you can. You know, there's this cool mode in it called Dendori, which is basically you you jump into little tunnels in the game and you have to rescue these different people that have been turned into like these leafling characters. And the way to do it is to basically show them your Dendori skills. And it's the art of doing things in an organized and timely manner, basically. And so you Mm. have to collect all of the treasures that are in the world within a time limit by you know using the best strategy possible and using your pikmin effectively and it is just it's so much fun because satisfying. You, you can either go through and just get the bronze and you get the reward and whatever but and then you have the opportunity to go back through and either you know go for gold or go for platinum where you get everything in the level and there's so much improvements you make along the entire game to not only like Ochi, who's the new character in this game, who's your rescue part. Ochi's a really cool character. I think I think they did really, really well with Ochi, um, who kind of feels like a, a meaningful addition to the game as a great way to explore um, and, and get things done. But also, um, you know, utilizing those things when you get into Danduri and then Danduri battles as well is is really satisfying. There's just something about it. The time management the um you know the fast paced part of the game being that and then you know having that as a choice that you can go back to 
to give yourself a bit more challenge, but and then being able to go back to the, the regular world of it and take your time and enjoy the scenery a bit more and, and just, you know, yeah, an amazing game. I just think you haven't played a Pikmin game. You definitely do this one. Definitely mm-hmm. play Pikmin 4. It's the one, I think. If I was to say, go play a Pikmin game, I'd play Pikmin 4. Extremely accessible. Um, and then, then you can go out at night time and it's like tower defense. And I love that. I just love there's something about the tower defense aspect that they've done. That's really, really cool. Um, you know, you get these little glow Pikmin and yeah. Anyway, it's mm. just, it's fascinating. I could piss on about this game forever, but it's, it's mm. really, really good. Well, you heard it here first. Wake up, mommy. I just pissed the bed. Pissed at heart. Mm. <laughs> nice. Pissed. Beautiful. All right, well, uh, that's about all we have time for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. We would like to thank you all for listening, and we would like to, well, I would like to thank uh, the other members of the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you, Fergus. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And Simon Steely McLaughlin, thank you. Thank you so much, JB. It's good to be back on the on the the, the podcast. It's good to be back in the chair. I sit in this chair any other day of the week, um, but when I sit in it on the nights that <laughs> oh we did the God. podcast, it just feels different. It hits different. <laughs> it sits on my colon differently. <laughs> Thanks, JB. <laughs> Pleasure. And last but certainly not least, uh, Casey C. Mac Pistol Pete the Pissed McLaughlin. That's me. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. And we'll bloody see you next week. See ya. Bye. Um, we will see you next week. I think that's probably what we're going to do. Uh, if we are away for an extended period of time again, we'll let you know. But we probably will see you next week. I mean, I'll text you to confirm, but I'll, I'll just let you know anyway. We probably will. Just keep keep an eye out.